And what I found is that if you don't brand the item with your logo and you make it all about them and their family, even companies, you know, big companies, Google, whatever else, where we've sent gifts, they, they tend to keep them if they're personal and you're not trying to make it flashy. Welcome to Elevate, a podcast about achievement, personal growth, and pushing limits in leadership and life. I'm Robert Glazer, and I chat with world-class performers who have committed to elevating their own life, pushing the limits of their capacity, and helping others to do the same. This episode was previously recorded and published on the Outperform podcast. I'm Bob Glazer. I'm the founder and managing director of Acceleration Partners. Very excited to uh, introduce today's guest, friend of mine, all-around great guy, John Rulin, with the founder and CEO of the Rulin Group and the author of Giftology. So welcome, John. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me, man. Great. We've been try- trying to make this happen for a while. So uh, excited to talk to you about the subject of uh, gifting and something that, that, that we both uh, talk about a lot, and that's why companies need to be better at how they can get better at nurturing their referral sources and customers, which are often their best source of, of new leads. So uh, before we dive in, uh, why don't you just share a bit about your background? Uh, I know you mentioned you were one of the top sellers at Cutco Knives back in the day, and we, you, know, <laughs> you can tell us a little bit about that as well and what, what you learned there and what your, what your secret uh, was, because I know a lot of great sellers have, have come out of that organization. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I grew up um, not on either one of the coasts. I grew up in the middle of the country on a farm uh, doing what I uh, didn't want to do the rest of my life. I milked goats every morning. So I was pretty motivated that that was the reason that drove me into Cutco is more out of desperation. It wasn't like this master plan of, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. So I need to go get some sales experience. It was I need to pay for school and I don't want to go into you know, a crap load of debt. Um, when I went in, I was fortunate to be dating a girl at the time. Her dad was an attorney and he had more deal flow and referrals coming out of his ears than I'd ever seen before. And he was always giving things away. Like he'd find deals on noodles and buy like a semi load of noodles and everybody at church the next Sunday would end up with like 20 cases of noodles. Like, like, Paul, that's 20 grand. Like, why would you do that? And he's like, did you see everybody smiling? I'm like, of course, why wouldn't you smile? You give, you know, a year supply of noodles. So I pitched him the idea of giving away um, pocket knives. I thought he's, you know, all his clients are men. They own construction companies and home builders and insurance companies. They're all in the outdoors. Pocket knives seemed like a perfect idea. And he comes back with like this lightning bolt statement that changed my life forever, which was, how about the pairing knives? Could I engrave those and give those away? And I'm like, Paul, I'll tell you as many pairing knives as you want, but why? Like, why would you give like grown men kitchen items? That just seems kind of like a weird thing, especially 17 years ago. And um, he said, well, the reason I have more business than I can handle and the reason my business has grown in the last 30, 40 years, the way that it has, is I find that if you take care of the family, everything else in business seems to take care of itself. And so it was kind of like my aha moment of like, Paul understands relationships at a super deep level psychologically. And, and a lot of the books now that are coming out, like, you know, Robert Cialdini's influence or persuasion, like they talk about the inner circle or they talk about like, you know, reciprocity, um, but taking care of, you know, 
that person's inner circle is really, really powerful. And Paul understood that. So we started to, you know, I started to teach this and started to talk to customers about not knives. I talked to them about referral sources and how to, you know, create reciprocity and do things differently. And so I'd engrave like, you know, a CEO's name, his wife's name, family name on a carving set, Cutco carving set, which is like $200. And I'd send it with a handwritten note to a CEO of like a $200 million company saying, carve out five minutes for me. I promise it'll be with your time. And two weeks later, I get the call from his assistant in the meeting and I walk in at like 21 and he's like 65 expecting somebody in their like 50s, like a seasoned sales executive. Um, and he's like, I'm confused. Are you here to sell me knives? And I'm like, no, I'm here to help you and, you and your thousand sales reps do exactly what I just did to you. It's your top 10,000 relationship. And uh, he'd start laughing and be like, you're really good and you're right. Uh, and I'd walk out of there with a PO for a couple thousand knife sets. And by the time I was a senior in college, I was those gorgeous. Uh, sell out of about a million and a half um, interns over the last 70 years. And so I realized med school could get put on hold. And I realized most people suck at this gratitude thing. Like everybody says relationships are their most important asset, but no, very few leaders follow through on that consistently with their employees and clients. And so we've now, you know, landed 25 pro sports teams and, you know, we're still a small Midwest firm, but we've played with some of the biggest companies on the planet because even in 2017, most people suck at executing on this. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. And I, I've heard so many stories about relationships and family. One of my favorite was this, the, the guy was trying to do a, a, a deal with this jeans company um, with uh, um, an investor. And he gave the guy uh, a, a pair for his wife and, and, you know, it put a, say it was like a size eight, put a size four later in the <laughs> <laughs> and gave it to his wife to bring home. She put on the jeans. She told him she absolutely loved this company, and they invested in it, and um, so it worked very well. But so, so two things. You know, one thing I took out of that story. You know, define for us, for those who may not be clear, kind of what is gifting, and how do you look at it, and and also it seems that embedded in that approach, and 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 how you built your whole business doing that is this sort of giver's gain kind of approach, which is you know sales is normally about hey. Here's, here's, here's what you can do for me. It sounds like you've been really, you know, successful doing something for someone else first and then, and then hoping it comes back around. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I would say that the, uh, the definition of a gift has been kind of misunderstood and kind of construed people. There's a difference between a gift and a, pro and a promotion or a marketing tool, a gift by its very nature is recipient focused. And most people, when they give what they think is a gift is really all about them. And it's all about their logo. And it's all about their preferences, all about their company colors. It's, it's all about them. It's not a gift. It's a, like them trying to hide a gift and turn it into a marketing tool. It's swag. It's promotional. It's, it's whatever. And so there's a big difference. Like you'd never go to a wedding and en engrave on the Tiffany's vase for the couple compliments of, you know, Bob Glazer, you know, and put a little AP on it. Like that would look really stupid. Like your wife would be like horrified. But in business, we, every, we do that every day and we call it marketing. And all we're really doing is we're spending money to tr really damage relationships. In many cases, a lot of times people get that and they're like, really? Like I, I, I send you a million dollars in business and you, you send me a jacket with your logo on it. That's your way of thanking me. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't compute. And so I think there's what we're really out doing is trying to 
communicate that there is a massive difference between showing real gratitude, not just feeling it, but showing it. And then all the little details around the gift. It's not just the item itself. It's how it's personalized. It's, does it have a handwritten note with it? Does it, all these little details make it resonate as a gift or as an automation? Nobody wants to be automated to, but everybody likes to have a relationship deepened. deepened. So I think that um, so that's kind of our differentiator. Like we talk about in giftology, that's our playbook is all of those things. Um, as far as givers gain, there's no question. I think, you know, it, it's very cool right now to talk about it. Very few people actually play it out. Like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about like, jab, 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 right hook, which is give, give, give. And then you've earned the right to ask. Um, and, and so I think a lot of times people send out one gift and then they ask for something and it, it feels like a manipulation. It feels like a bait and switch. Whereas if I send somebody like, you know, somebody like Jeffrey Gittimer is a, you know, he sold 5 million books. He's one of the top sales authors on the planet. I sent him 18 gifts over the course of 18 months and then I asked him, hey, I want to come down to your house. And he, after the 18th gift, he finally relented and said, uh, he reached back out and said, yeah, I'd love to meet you. I have no idea if we'll do business or not. But you've like your pleasant persistence and just adding value got my attention. I've never had anybody send me 18 things in 18 months. Um, and I earned the right to ask at that point. And he's now become a client and a huge advocate. And so I think a lot of times people on the giver's gain, they don't um, they keep score and they ask way too soon. Like we all want profit, we all want referrals, but it's way better to add so much value that the other person feels so uncomfortable that whether they give to you or they pay it forward, you don't care. You just know it's gonna come back 10X or 100X. And I think a lot of times people ruin their giving by, um, by you know, asking prematurely. So there's a question that's always confounded me, which I'm sure is the, the basis for, for a lot of your work, which is, why is it the companies spend big commission dollars on sales teams, uh, huge compensation systems, you know, 10, 20% of sale, but fail to not let it in gift, but even acknowledge uh, those who send them referrals and some of their most valuable business. And I'm sure this is where a lot of your co- coaching comes into play, but it's, it always astounds me that people say, oh, I get 80% of my business from referrals. And I'll say, well, what do you do for those referrals? And they'll say, Nothing uh, as sort of, uh, an entitlement. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I think that um, the way that most people do give gifting, it's um, it doesn't have an impact. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, well, we sent this gift and we didn't get a thank you note from it. And what's well, like you sent the wrong gift. You sent a freaking box of chocolates at Christmas when they already had 500 other items. No wonder you didn't, it didn't register. It didn't matter. And so I think a lot of times people, number one, they're sheep. So they look around and see what everybody else is doing. And they're like, well, nobody else is doing this. Two, the time that they have given gifts, it hasn't made a difference because they sucked at it so bad. But nobody writes a note and says, I actually thought less of you as a person when I received your Starbucks gift card. Um, but that was, that's what went through their head. It just feels mean to say that and write that in a note because it does. that's not polite. But I think that there's, you know, a mis, just a misunderstanding and it's like anything else. Like most people are sheep. They're not going to do it. And I think guys in particular are making a lot of the budgetary decisions in a lot of the industries. Um, you know, a lot of the entrepreneurs are, they're men and even in their personal lives, they, they're horrible at gifting. Most of them like just ask their spouses. Um, and I think they feel even more uncomfortable giving gifts in a business setting because it just feels uncomfortable in general. It's like they're, they want to check a box and delegate it. Now, that's, it's not everybody, but 
in general, most guys would not say giving great gifts is their superpower. And so they've, you know, they just, they don't, it's not even on their radar. And so it's, uh, it's, it's probably, it's probably, probably that kryptonite for many of them. Yeah, it is. I, think, I, I love that because if everybody was amazing at gifts, like it would be just be, you know, like anything else, it'd be like dinners and rounds of golf and ball game tickets. It'd just be part of the noise. Whereas because people are so bad at it, it, it opens up the door to be amazing at something that everybody else is just ignoring. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time, and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing the possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. The Lexus GX comes with available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, best-in-class towing capacity, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. I've seen the new Lexus GX popping up all around my town, and not only does it have the capabilities to take you to new places on and off the road, but it's a great-looking car. The new Lexus GX is ready to raise the bar for you. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Elevate listeners. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space, and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites is that they already know who I am, and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The ShopPay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash elevate. One of the things that I think is interesting uh, here is that, like, for example, at Acceleration Partners, um, you know, we do a lot of personality testing, understand differences between team members, what they want. Uh, You know, what I heard a lot and what you said before is a little of the, you know, treat others how they want to be treated, not how you want to be treated. It's probably it's a little bit out of like the five languages of love too kind of where you're saying like, look, they need to understand what those people really want um, in, in order to make an impact. You know, I've heard a lot of the best organizations at customer service, but not gifting are very good at, you know, Ritz Carlton around noting preferences. You know, do you have any best practices for companies for either, you know, we try to do this with employees, but, but for sort of collecting, you know, pra- collecting data on their customer and employee preferences uh, and, and how to kind of store that and use that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that um, there's different levels of gifting. Like I, we have like the, the crazy, what I call the crazy one-off where you can't plan for it, but you, you, you know, you listen and pick up on, 
you know, like I, I was just at Northwestern Mutual's event and their CEO talked about how they were, you know, their kids, all they cared about was, you know, they didn't care that he just went to the White House. They cared that, hey, can I, you know, I heard about Christina Aguilera. Can, can we meet Christina Aguilera? And I'm like, oh, it'd be really cool to get Christina Aguilera to send um, their family, like a signed, you know, thing to their family. Um, so you're always, I think, teaching people how to have really active listening skills is super important. Um, what I'll say is on for some of our systems is that, you know, we have kind of go to items that we know that, you know, I can send like the knives or different things like that to a thousand people. And based upon how it's personalized with the family name, the spouse's name, the way it's packaged, the handwritten note that goes with it, like I can bat pretty high percentages with a gift like that, but it's never going to supersede like where you're really listening to that somebody loves or they've never, you know, like somebody that's into bourbon, but they've never tried Pappy. And so you go and track down, you know, a $1,000 bottle of Pappy for them, like it's going to blow their mind because they're into bourbon. They've never had it. You were listening. You sent it off to them. Where should the company put that? Do they put that in Salesforce or? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It has to go, it has to go into, uh, into a C, whatever your CRM, but it, you know, it has to be in the notes section where it can actually be leveraged and, and used. Um, I'll say that for us, like one of the reasons people outsource their gifting to us is that they don't have the bandwidth to, to execute on actually getting the gifts out. Cause a lot of times people have good intentions and so they may collect the data, but then they never do anything with it because they're too busy chasing the next deal and whatever else. And so, but yeah, ha- storing it in your CRM where you actually are able to use it. And then a matter of, you know, narrowing things down, like a lot of times people are like, well, they have 20,000 customers. And I'm like, well, w- w- is it the 80-20 rule where like 500 of them are really, you know, producing all the results? And they're like, yeah, well, don't try to do something for 20,000 people. Focus in on your, your top 20% or maybe even your top 10 or your top 5% and go all in with those people. Most people, they divide however many relationships they have by whatever random budget that they throw at it. And, you know, it's like 20,000 people divided by $20,000. I guess everybody's getting a dollar gift this year. And versus saying, well, we really have 200 people that are super important. What if we spent 5% of net profit back into those relationships to make sure that they don't not only stay, but that they become raving fans and become our best salespeople. And that's how we've grown is, I mean, I send out, you know, probably this year will be $300,000 worth of gifts. And yes, it's our dog food. We, you know, like we have to kind of model the best practice, but it's how we've been able to land massive clients in all these industries is because we have people out there acting as our sales force for us. Um, it's not through Facebook ads. You know, you, you gave a great example before of sort of water falling a series of 18 gifts to someone who you wanted to do business with. Let's sort of pull back the curtain uh, and and obviously we want to drive people buy your book and not give it all away. But let's just let's use a pra- practical example here. I send you a lead next week. You turn that into a two hundred fifty thousand dollar you know sale. So yeah. in, in your mind, what would be sort of the next steps from how, you know give people a sense of best practices out there? Sort of acknowledgement. How would you think about uh, you know? costing do you look at it like well you know i mean five percent of set i mean so how would you look how do you look at that whole process on that sort of example of i i introduce you to steve next week and in a month steve signs a a two hundred thousand dollar deal with a with a ruling group yeah well what's interesting is i don't recommend sending a gift right after a referral and the reason i don't is i don't want to like most that's most people's thing is they close a deal or they get a referral and if they do a gift that's when they send it 
Um, it's our belief that you should acknowledge that referral with a really nice, thoughtful handwritten note um, and thank them. And then um, you want to give the gift based upon the relationship. If you, if you send me a $250,000 piece of business and I send you a gift certificate to your favorite restaurant, in your mind, you're thinking, well, it's kind of nice of John to send $250 gift certificate to our favorite restaurant. But really, like he just made, even on the low end, you know, net profit on a $250,000 deal, he probably made a hundred grand. Like what a cheap SOB. Like he couldn't even, like he couldn't even send me back like 1% of his net profit. So it, be, it, you, it becomes a tit for tat situation. Right. What, we, we, what we teach our clients is take all of your relationships that could refer you business that you know have the, the propensity to do so and be proactive on it and send them the gift ahead of time and love on them. And guess what happens? Like they're more likely to refer you because it wasn't tied. It wasn't like I had to send you this gift out of obligation. I sent you this gift because I wanted to. So if, if you're already playing behind the eight ball and somebody sends you a, a, you know, a piece of business and you haven't started loving on them, I would wait, you know, I'd send the handwritten note. I would wait six months and then I would get, I'd start playing catch up and start doing something once a quarter minimum uh, for those people, not, you know, not jelly the month club where it feels automated, but do something significant, meaningful to them, their team, their assistant, their spouse, their kids. Like, um, and I would spend 5%, like our rule is our benchmark is 5% of net. So if I make a hundred thousand dollars, that means I have five, five grand to reinvest back into that relationship. I could do more. But, that, but that's, mean, a, that's an annual for you. That's an annual budget. So that's how you look at it. Exactly. Yep. Okay. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It helps you identify and hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Case in point, last year I asked the CEO of a major ski resort how he got his job, and he told me that he saw it on LinkedIn and decided to apply. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. The team at LinkedIn is also constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash practical. That's linkedin.com slash practical to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Any other best practices or sort of traps that you could offer to our listeners? You know, one I can think of is some companies that have strong anti-gifting policies and you send something personalized and they have to send it back in the mail. So uh, what, what, what are some sort of quick tips that you could offer? Yeah. Well, I would say that, um, you know, I, I mentioned the handwritten note multiple times. And, and if it's a situation like Walmart where they you can't even take them out for a coffee or give them a pencil, like, yeah, just get like our letterhead. We spent nine. We spent nine dollars on our letterhead. It's a piece of steel. And it's, you know, it's like our business cards that are metal. When, when somebody gets a handwritten note from us, they tend to remember it because one, you don't get very many. And two, like when it shows up and it's on a piece of steel, it, it freaks people out in a good way. Um 
and, and they start showing around the office, whatever else. So I would say that you don't always have to spend money to necessarily to do it. But if somebody can go out to dinner with you and go to the go to a ball game, typically you can send them a gift. I'll say our rule of thumb is whatever like whatever you'd spend on a nice round of golf or dinner or ball game, you should be able to spend on the gift. So most I would say eighty to ninety percent of the gifts we do are between a hundred dollars and a thousand dollars. So we can get Louis Vuitton bags and Rolexes, but that's not like that's one percent of our business. It's giving something that's thoughtful and meaningful, but you don't want the other person to be like feeling like they're being bought or that you're bribing them or feel uncomfortable. And what I found is that if you don't brand the item with your logo and you make it all about them and their family, even companies, you know, big companies, Google, whatever else, where we've sent gifts, they they tend to keep them if they're personal and you're not trying to make it flashy. So the knives work, you know, a custom leather bag that's, you know, not Louis Vuitton, but just like a nice hand leather, you know, handmade leather bag. Um, we've done wine tools that are handmade in Australia. Nobody feels like they're being bought when you send them like a $200 kitchen item. Um, but they might feel bought if you send them a $20,000, you know, piece. So I think that, you know, the timing of the gift, sometimes we'll send it to somebody's home, um, but most of the time we're able to send it to the office and, and n- nobody's feeling like they're, you know, you're buying their $20 million contract cause you sent them a, a chef knife. Like that doesn't, that, that usually doesn't register, but we do get one to 2% of our gifts back that we, we call that just, that, that's just part of playing the game. We focus on the 98% of the people that love it, not the 2% of people that, that may have to give the gift back. Yeah, that's an interesting one you mentioned. Like, I think when a someone from a business who who's made a referral to other businesses, do you send them something at their office, or do you send it to them in their home, or how do you how do you address those situations? If I know them well enough and have their home address, I'll send it to the home because eighty percent of our gifts are tied to the spouse off anyway. And they're going to take it home anyway. And I want the spouse to see it and, and see how it's packaged and open it up. And so uh, out of that 300 grand, 80% of it's targeted towards the inner circle. Uh, Cause that's where I get, I spend a dollar and I get a hundred dollars of impact. And so if I know them or I can get their home address, that's always preference. Um, especially, you know, if you're, I don't recommend this, but there's some people like, Oh, we're only going to send it to these people at the company. And you know, what about the other people at the company that, influence the decision. Like I'm, right. I tell people all the time, why would you, why would you leave a few people off the list to save an extra $500 when that account is worth a half a million dollars to you? Like that's, that's stupid. It's better to do nothing at all than to spend money and have, you know, a bunch of negative consequences. And so I don't think people think very strategically. They think very like, what's the least I can get away with. And our, we always push our clients to say, what's the most I can do here? not what's the least that um, I can. And so I, but I do think that the home is, is always preference if, uh, if possible, but it's not a, it's not a deal breaker. I'd say, you know, probably only 30% of our gifts um, go directly to the, to the person's house. All right. Well, we, we, we could go on forever, but I got to ask you the last question here. Uh, and then I'll let you just share some information on how uh, listeners can learn more about you and your business. But Tell us the gifts that you sent in the last year that got the best reaction or the best uh, feedback, either directly or on behalf of a client. Yeah, I would say um, we we just gave one just uh, up in Milwaukee to one of the top people at Northwestern Mutual. They're like $25 billion company. And uh, I mean, she's executive office. And we um, I used to make fun of mugs because I'm like, it's like the cheesiest corporate gift on the planet. And like people are bragging like, oh, but ours has M&Ms in it. I'm like it's still a mug. Like it's the cheapest thing you could possibly buy. That's so-called useful. 
So somebody came to us and the long story short is they hand delivered, they drove nine hours to hand deliver these, these mugs to us. And what was different was these mugs, um, the artist found out like really the core values and essence of who I was and who my wife was and carved into the mug. And they're like $300 mugs and they tell our life story. And when I got in, my wife got it. We both started like tearing up. It was like one of the most thoughtful gifts on the planet. We've started to now give that over the last year, both to our clients and our clients have hired us to do it for their clients. And even billionaires, we've seen billionaires cry or stand up in the middle of the restaurant when they are not huggers and they'll hug the other person, like, like, like long embrace kind of hug, like saying, this is the most thoughtful, meaningful gift I've ever been given. And ironically enough, it's a mug, but it's, it, it because it's a mug, it becomes the one mug that you use every single day. And it's an artifact of the relationship. It really represents not a relationship, but who the essence of that person is. And so um, I would say that's probably been our uh, or become one of our go tos, both internally and externally. Um, you know, $300 isn't inexpensive, but it's also not crazy compared to most people's dinner budget and entertaining budget. And um, and yeah, it's been fun to like last you know, yesterday when we gave the mug, the person started crying right on the spot. Um, they were just like, I can't believe how thoughtful this is. This is just mind blowing. Um, so how many, how many people cry when they get a marketing brochure from your company out there? <laughs> not, not many. Um, so not many. John, how can how can people find you? Um, I would say, um, well, what one thing that they could uh, that they could do is go to um, giftologybook.com, which is where you can learn about the book. But if you go to giftologybook.com slash um, AP, they can go download a, uh, I call it like, it's like bumper bowling. I have three daughters and we take them you know, to bowling so they don't go in the gutter. It's the top 10 worst things to avoid giving as gifts. So if you don't want to buy the book, uh, you can go download this for free. And it'll at least give you like, you know, here's why you don't give gift cards and here's why you don't give food. And here's, but it gives, it's kind of like a one pager that um, somebody could take to their marketing team and say, at least here's some parameters, some boundaries. They can go buy the book, obviously at Amazon or on Audible or Kindle or all that kind of stuff. Uh, but giftologybook.com slash AP will give them a free download to, uh, to take. And, um, and then from Giftology Book, you can get to Ruling Group, which is the outsourced gifting company that we own. So we can do gifting for them. And then they can go to johnruland.com if they want to, you know, check out the blog and learn kind of our strategies and more on the consulting basis of what we do. I, I was once told that you should never give your wife any anything for Valentine's Day that plugs in. Uh, that was a good <laughs> that was on your, like toasters and vacuums. Those are all those are all not good choices for Valentine's Day. So, uh, John, thanks. Things, you can add that to your list. Thank, thanks for taking the time to join us today and share your expertise on gifting. Uh, I mean, I know from our own experience at AP that gifting has helped us strengthen the relationships with many of our clients and industry partners. Um, so to our listeners out there, we're going to include uh, links to John's site and book page on the show notes, uh, along with some other helpful resources. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. 
On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.